0: everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the unconventional gal forging your own path. I'm going to stop saying who is hosting this episode because you know who I am by now. So I just have to tell you guys about my latest obsession and it seems that whenever I do my little intro every week, every other week, I talk about food. Sorry, not sorry, but I love food. We have been If you've been listening to my recent episodes, you know we bought a house and we, and by we, I mean my husband, my lovely husband, James, has been working his little buns off in just fixing things and remodeling things and doing things around the house. I do not take for granted how lucky I am that I have a handy husband because the amount of money we would be spending in labor alone, just in fixing electrical and fixing, I mean, just the plumbing So anyways, this week we have found some mold. But luckily, James is removing all of it. He's actually ripping walls out to get rid of it. And he's been working really hard, and it's really hot outside. And we've kind of cordoned off that room so it doesn't get any air conditioning. And it's 100 degrees outside. So he has been working so hard. So I realized today that there are some new things by my work that I did not realize were there because I haven't really been... It's been so hot, so I haven't been really walking around to get lunch. Well, today I went to get lunch, and I noticed there is not only a Mendocino Farms, which is a delicious restaurant. There's also a Salt and Straw, which is my favorite ice cream store from Portland. And there's also a Crumble Cookie, Crumble Cookies. There's many of cookies. If you have never been to a Crumble and you have one near you, please play this podcast in your car instead of wherever you're listening to. Get in your car and go to a Crumble and buy a cookie. Crumble cookies are like, they're big and they're delicious and they have rotating flavors. They always have chocolate chip. They only ever have six flavors. That's it. Six flavors of cookies. There's no sides. There's no, I think maybe they sell milk. Maybe. But besides that, they only have six cookies a week. So this week, the flavors were French toast. It's literally, it looks like a piece of French toast. It's got a little butter flavored blob of frosting on top. There was also salted caramel cheesecake and oh, an apple pie cookie. Anyways, needless to say, because I have discovered this crumble that is walking distance from my work. Also, let me tell you, we now have a crumble about a mile from our house. So crumble is one of those weird things in LA that we don't have them central, you only find them kind of on the outskirts. So when we lived in Burbank, we did not have one close to us. But now not only do I have one driving distance from my house, I have one walking distance from my work. So today I decided that in celebration of my beautiful husband, I was going to bring home four cookies in a gorgeous pink crumble box. And we've been enjoying those. I would also like to just let you guys know My voice might sound weird. You might hear wobbles in my voice or cracks in my voice. It is not the recording equipment that I'm using. I've been using a nebulizer. I've been doing nebulizer treatments. I was recently diagnosed with lung disease. That is a whole other podcast. But because I've been doing these nebulizer treatments, they kind of affect my throat and my I don't know, my trachea, whatever it is that makes me talk. And I've noticed lately that my voice is a little wobbly. It's really funny when I'm singing in the car because I cannot hit notes. And I'm like, 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 I'm like a boy going through puberty. So if you notice it in the podcast, it is not you, just you. You're not crazy. It, and it's also not your speakers. It is my poor, poor throat. But hopefully I won't have to do these treatments more than the next couple of months. And then I will go back to my beautiful songbird voice. All right that wraps up my little intro there. So my topic this week I'm very excited about. I've wanted to talk about this for a while but I just needed some time to kind of put together my thoughts in how to present it. So the topic is essentially being a lady. In talking about being a lady we need to figure out what is a lady. So I went as I do and got the definition of a lady. So there are two definitions when you look it up on the Webster's Dictionary. The first one is a woman used as a polite or old-fashioned form of reference. Like literally, like if you are of female sex, you are a lady. So like lady can be interchanged with like girl, lady, woman, female, um, chick, (laughs) whatever, you know, whatever word you would use to say a woman. The other definition that I thought is interesting is a woman of superior social position, especially one of noble birth. So that means like lords and ladies, like the lady of the house, Lady Mary, Lady Elizabeth. Like when you're a a duchess, you're a lady or maybe you're a duchess. But I think that you're referred to as a lady. Like if somebody like you have a servant, they would say, yes, my lady. I think that's how that works. I think when you're royalty, that's when you get Your Majesty. If you're a judge, you're Your Honor. (laughs) But so that's, those are the two definitions. So, literally, if you are a woman or if you are of a superior social position, that is what technically being a lady is. Neither one of those things is really what I mean. And I'm sure that most of you understand what I mean when I say being a lady. Because if you are a woman or a female, you have heard all your life act more like a lady, be a lady, act like a lady. And it's funny because there's not really like a really succinct definition. So the uh, this other quote that I came across, so I, it, in just like trying to define what a lady is, I just kind of Googled and I came up with this. I don't even know what this feed was. It was just like some random feed that I came across where people were talking about what it means, I guess, to be a lady. And of course, it was a lot of men giving their two cents on what it means to be something that they are not. But this one man, this is this is his quote. All right, strap yourselves in. It's a good one. A lady is in reasonable control of her emotions and doesn't fall for the first sexy man that comes along. In today's world, she is likely to be self-sufficient and has good manners and education so she can successfully participate in most social and business situations. This is from John DeBeck. Uh, John DeBeck Mimer of the SD school board. I assume that means San Diego, but I'm not sure. He's retired, apparently. I would assume so because I can't imagine a man that is not of that age would make a quote like this. So unpacking this, first of all, a lady is in reasonable control her emotions, whatever that means, reasonable control. I have known many men that are far more emotional than women, especially when you get them all together playing video games or at a sporting event, watch a man when his team wins the super bowl and tell me that that's reasonable control of emotions. Um also doesn't fall for the first sexy man that comes along. <laughs> like I don't even I don't even know what to do with that. The first sexy man that comes along. I mean, it's hard not to fall for the first sexy man that comes along. Then in today's world she's likely to be self-sufficient, which I was like, "Yeah, John, go you." But then he brings it back with has good manners and education. So you cannot be a successful lady if you're not educated, obviously. And you have to have good manners. If you don't say please and thank you, then you're not a lady. And then so she can successfully participate in most social and business situations. So first of all, I know lots of women that are perfectly good ladies that have never had any kind of formal education that conduct themselves in a very professional manner socially and in business. I don't know. I just wanted to read that quote because I thought it was really funny. And now that we have unpacked that, one of my favorite quotes that I think is it's related to being a lady. And most everybody has heard this quote. It is well behaved women seldom make history. So the funny thing is, is this quote has been attributed to Eleanor Roosevelt, Marilyn Monroe there was somebody else that gets it a lot that it's attributed to. It was just some writer in the seventies that came up with this, but for some reason it's become, it's like, it's like live, laugh, love, like women of all walks of life have this quote printed on some sort of wood in their kitchen or in their bathroom or whatever. It's such a popular quote, but I think it's interesting because, you know, I like to break down the definition of things, the definition of words. So in the w- well-behaved, so a well-behaved woman, that to me signifies a lady. But what exactly does well-behaved mean? So I looked at the definition of behaved and it is to conduct oneself in a proper manner. Okay, well, what does proper mean? Proper means suggests a suitability through essential nature or accordance with custom. Okay, so custom is whatever wherever you live like the custom of so if the custom is that women don't speak unless spoken to and whatever then okay that's being a lady but I was like what the heck is essential nature so I looked that up and it said our purpose so proper means that it suggests a suitability through our purpose so to me when we're talking about being a well-behaved woman in going through these definitions it's almost saying that like our purpose is to be, like, to fall in line with what customs tell us to do. Like, our purpose is not to be a doctor or a lawyer or to make changes in the world, but our purpose is literally to, like, follow the customs of, you know, our whatever culture you're in that says how a lady should behave. Maybe that's just how I'm reading into it, but that's where my brain goes. So when thinking about this quote, I started thinking about well-behaved women. I tried to like, think of well-behaved women that actually made history. So I was like, well, what about Joan of Arc? Okay, no, not not well-behaved. How about um, Amelia Earhart? Nope, <laughs> definitely not well-behaved. But then I'm like, was Amelia Earhart, like, she was a trailblazer in that she was a female pilot. But does that mean she wasn't well-behaved? Is it, was she not well-behaved because she didn't fit into the box that society wanted to put her into? This is where I still have the the hard time kind of coming up with a really solid definition of a lady or of mannered or well-mannered or well-behaved. Honestly, the only two well-behaved women I could think of that made history were Mother Teresa (laughs) and Queen Mary. Mary? Mary is the one that just died, not Elizabeth. No, she was Elizabeth. Was she? Jane Jane Goodall. Yeah, true. I don't know if she was well behaved. I'm talking to James. You can't hear him. <laughs> He's giving me inspiration for well behaved women. But when she was doing that, that wasn't like something that like a well behaved woman would do. A well behaved woman doesn't go live in the jungle with gorillas, or chimps, chimps, gorillas, gorillas. gorillas in the and then they killed her. <laughs> so that's what a well behaved woman gets. <laughs> Anyways, the the queen that just died, Mary. Elizabeth. Oh, <laughs> Elizabeth the sixty ninth. Clearly, I am not up on uh, current monarchy. I love English history, but apparently not English now. Anyways, I would consider her a well behaved woman. But the problem is that she was born into making history. She didn't make history on her own. She literally could have been any placeholder of a human that would have made the same made the same history. So. There you have it. Well-behaved women really rarely do make history. So going back, talking about, you know, the Lord and the lady of the manor. So being a lady in that way was more of like a title you were born into. But as time went on, especially in industrialized New York in the golden age, you could earn the title of lady without being born into it if you followed the rules. So you had to get a husband you had to get a husband of good social standing that had a lot of money. A titled husband was even better. There was this whole thing in America where even if you had a lot of money, it was this like really sort of like in vogue thing to want a title. And you couldn't get a title unless you married somebody in England or, I don't know, France or Germany or wherever. Wherever you'd find a duke or an earl or a prince or a king or whatever. I mean, a king probably... I don't think a king can marry. No, I know a king can marry... Can they marry who they want? I'm sure they can now. I mean, I know Prince Harry married Meghan Markle, but he's not a king. I don't know how it works. Anyways, I am, I am not um, presuming to know everything about royalty, but I do know that to get a title, you would have to marry someone. So that was like the really like popular thing in the golden age was for rich families to marry off their daughters to royalty in other countries so that they could say that they had like a titled daughter. But that was the thing is to be a lady, you needed a husband. So my own experience with being a lady has been actually kind of interesting. It's been a very roller coaster ride of an experience. I definitely, when I was little, 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 I was very much a girly girl. And I was a bookworm and I didn't like to play outside and I didn't like to get dirty and I liked my pretty patent leather shoes. And I definitely was that definition of like, oh, a little lady. But then when I became a teenager and I decided that punk was life and fuck the institution and the patriarchy, and the goal was to be like as unladylike as possible, you know, to to take away as much as of my femininity as possible. And I spit and I cussed and I, well, I didn't really spit. I'm not much of a spitter, but yeah, like if I was sick, I'd probably hawk up a loogie just to like feel like I was punk rock. <laughs> Anyways, I definitely cussed. I used to take the bus. I didn't have a car until I was 20. So I took the bus everywhere and I worked at guitar center. And at this point I had, I think I had a mohawk and I would wear like a bullet belt and I was just like too cool for school. I think I was 18, maybe 19. Anyways, I would stand at the bus stop and every morning this person would honk at me when they drove by the bus stop and I just got sick of it. So I started flipping them off. And finally I saw my friend Nick at a show and he's like, Hey, I moved into your neighborhood and I see you every morning and I honk at you, but you flip me off every morning. (laughs) And then I realized it wasn't some dude being a creep or someone like, you know, being rude because I was a little punk rocker. It was actually my friend. But anyways, that just kind of gives you an idea of how rough around the edges I was as a teenager. And then in my early 20s, I actually married, got married to a guy that was really conservative. So he had like tattoos and was into cars and like, I don't know. I don't know why in my brain I thought that he was more liberal. I guess because I was in Oregon and like so many people in Oregon are. But he was not. He was very conservative. And it was when I was like really into the sort of pinup rockabilly world. And there was this kind of thing in the pinup scene. It's not so much anymore now, but it was definitely a thing then of like, I think now there's this whole movement. They call themselves trad wives, like. T R A D traditional wives and basically they're trying to bring back like vintage values in the home where like the woman stays home and does the man's laundry and cooks the meals and has a drink waiting when he gets home and like all those things that were accepted in the 50s and that really no longer are that's this whole movement and I think in my early 20s I got so caught up in thinking that to be this like perfect little princess I had to live that traditional life it didn't last for very long, maybe a couple of years. But I mean, I even remember we would have like family gatherings where everyone was serving up their food and I would serve up his food first and give it to him. And even though I was the one that had cooked the food, I don't even know, I don't know how I got caught up into it. But I think a lot of it was at the base, me trying to like act like a lady. And I also remember being really snobby about it. Like, oh, I can't believe that women go out in public in sweatpants like have some pride in yourself be lady like there was just such a I don't know such this attitude of that but it didn't last very long and also I kind of realized at some point that I liked the idea of vintage aesthetic but I did not like the idea of vintage values which I have done a podcast all about vintage values and how I'm not all about that but there was definitely a point in my life where I was confused I was very confused Here's the thing. Cussing, spitting, wearing gym clothes in public, none of those things make you less feminine or less mannered or less of a lady. They just make you a different version of a lady. What even is a lady? Do we want to even be a lady? I don't even know. I hate being called lady. It's like being called ma'am. To me, it feels old. Like, hey, lady. I don't know. It's very weird to me. Just the whole concept. And also in the same vein as that, I just wanted to take a little side note just to say that... Dressing a certain way that, you know, isn't considered ladylike doesn't mean that you're asking for it. And by asking for it, I mean it doesn't mean that men are entitled to whistle or catcall or touch you or sexually assault you or rape you. And I'm so tired of reading this on the Internet where it's not even just men, men and women women will write these comments of, well, she shouldn't have been wearing that or maybe it wouldn't have happened if she hadn't been wearing that or maybe if she wasn't drinking, it wouldn't have happened if she had acted more like a lady, if she had been more well-behaved. And that's the thing is that we shouldn't teach our girls to cover their bodies and act a certain way. We should teach boys to control themselves. And that's really, I think, the bigger point in all of this. It's not up to us to be ladies, to not be treated by men a certain way I was walking to the parking garage from work yesterday and I have to go through Bloomingdale's in the mall and when you walk in the mall the first thing it's just a little lobby and then there's an escalator that takes you up to the department store and this guy walked in ahead of me and he opened the door and then he kind of looked back and he saw me and he whistled and in his head he was probably like oh yeah she's gonna love this this is gonna make her day In my head, I was instantly scared, instantly. I actually waited for him to walk in and start going up the escalator. I walked in slowly behind him and I kind of hid behind like this installation that they have down there, waited until he was well up the escalator and then I got on the escalator. And that is such a shitty feeling because I was dressed nicely for work. And yeah, it's a million degrees outside, so I'm wearing a tank top and a short skirt. It doesn't mean that I want to be whistled at or that it entitles somebody to whistle at me and make me feel fear. Wow, that got really heavy there. (laughs) So anyways, I got a lot of questions and a lot of stories. So we are going to take a break, but I just want to remind everyone, I haven't said this in a few episodes, please Leave a review if you feel so inclined. I think Apple Podcasts is where you leave reviews. I'm not sure if you can do reviews on Spotify. And also if you listen to this on a platform where you can subscribe. Spotify is definitely one of those. Please do because reviews and subscriptions make me come up higher in the algorithm. It makes my podcast seen by more people. The more people see it, the more likely I am to get good advertising and then I can make money and then I can make more podcasts for you to listen to. So it is just a vicious circle of goodness. So if you would be so inclined, please leave a review or subscribe and we're going to take a break. Alrighty, we're back. So first question, which I think is funny. This is actually from my friend Jack. He is at destroy.everything.i.touch on Instagram. He said, don't they know that we all want bad bitches? (laughs) Talking about, you know, men saying, I want a lady. I want a lady. And he's like, no, like dudes want like a bad bitch. (laughs) And it's true. I'm a bad bitch. Not really. I'm actually like the nicest, sweetest, most benign. Like I'm only spicy if you mess with me first actual question is by at monsters don't cry do you see acting like a lady as a form of self-expression or sexism this is where I think it gets really interesting because so like in the case of me when I was you know in my early 20s in a relationship and in a scene where I thought I had to act like a lady at the time I thought it was a form of self-expression like this is just how I want to be but now looking back it was actually like a form of oppression. Like I was being oppressed in all of the, you know, the, the people around me. And so, all right, my husband is doing demo right now where there's mold. So if you hear the saw in the background, my apologies, but as always we soldier on. So anyways, I think in my situation, what I thought was self-expression was actually oppression. And I think that does happen sometimes where people kind of change their mind of how they feel about those kind of things but I do also think that there are women like I definitely have friends that are very quote-unquote ladylike and well-mannered and soft-spoken and don't cuss and don't you know like live in the within the lines of what society says is ladylike but they're perfectly happy doing that in that way I think it's definitely self-expression I don't know if it's sexism really I think it's more oppression but I think Expecting women to be ladies and not expecting men to be gentlemen is definitely sexism. At Giga.Cindy asked, was there something you were talked out of because it's not feminine enough? I really had to think about this one because... The thing for me is that I am naturally a very feminine woman. I just always have been. I've always been really into makeup and dresses and heels and being super girly. And I'm definitely like, I don't want to break a nail. <laughs> like, I'm just kind of like that stereotypical in that way. I am also very cerebral and very well read. And I value education. And I think that I'm pretty intelligent. So I'm not like, you know, the the dumb I don't want to say dumb blonde, but you know, the stereotypical like, oh, you're just pretty, but you're like real dumb. But I'm also not really physical. I don't love sports. You know, I'm kind of stereotypical in that way. So nobody's really had to talk me out of something because most of what I do seems pretty feminine. But then I had this light bulb moment and I was like, dude, you're covered in tattoos, which to most of society is not a feminine thing. Now, these days it is a little bit, but I was almost fully tattooed 20 years ago. And 20 years ago, it was a very unfeminine thing to do, which is why I did it, because it was when I still had that punk rock mentality. Now I'm just one of a million stupid jerks that's covered in tattoos, but then it was like, you know, it was going against society. It was taking, like, it was defeminizing me a little bit. And I for sure had people say like, it's so unfeminine, it's so unattractive, you know, it's really masculine. I would hear that all the time. And I even have had moments in my life where I'll look at, you know, a woman that's tattooed maybe up to her chin and I'm like, wow, that's really unfeminine. And in my head, like, but why? Like, it's such a weird thing. But back to your question, luckily I was never talked out of any of my tattoos, but I've definitely had people try to talk me out of my tattoos because of them not being feminine enough, but I'm way too stubborn of a jerk to ever let anyone tell me what to do, even when probably I should. At grotesque underscore burlesque asked, how to react when a man says you have RBF? If you don't know what RBF is, look at any picture of me on the internet where I'm not smiling it's resting bitch face is what that stands for. Basically, it's, you know, the people, myself included, when you're not smiling, you just look like mad. You look mean. You're unapproachable. It's whenever I do any kind of events, when I go to Viva, if I do a signing, I always like have to force a smile to stay on my face because the second I'm not smiling, I look so mean. I've had photographers before snap pictures of me when I'm just like relaxed and I look really mad. So, how to react when a man says you have RBF. This, I think, is the when a guy tells you to smile. I think this is kind of equated as the same thing. I've had guys say, oh, smile, smile, beautiful, and I just say no, no, and then they're like, uh, like they don't know what to do. I don't think I owe anything more than you tell me something to do and I don't want to do it, and I just tell you no. I don't think I owe an explanation or a you fucking smile or like you know whatever people will say back to like snap like I just say no and that definitely throws people usually men off kilter it's always men let's be honest to all my men listening I'm not man bashing I love men there's just a certain type of man that I don't love so much but if you're listening to this and you're a man I can already tell you you're not that man all right let's get into some stories Lauren Bradley said, when I was 12, my very religious and conservative aunt pulled me aside and told me as a girl, I shouldn't wear such revealing shorts in front of my male cousin. They were an old pair of my mom's shorts and it was July in the desert. It took me 20 years to realize how influential and fucked up that situation was. That goes back to girls asking for it. And that's the thing is the aunt shouldn't have pulled you aside. The aunt should have pulled the male cousin aside and said, don't be a pervert. It's hot and their legs, and it's okay, and they don't have to give you a boner, and if they do, you can keep it to yourself. It doesn't mean you have to touch someone or sexually assault them. (laughs) It's such a weird thing to me that the girls get scolded for the boys' behavior. I mean, it shouldn't be surprising because that's kind of the way it's always been, but yes, you're right. It is a fucked up situation, and I think a lot of us have those situations as kids that mold us into this thinking of like, Oh, if I do this or if I wear this, you know, I'm going to get this wrong attention. But why? Why do we get the wrong attention? We're not actually behaving in any way that constitutes that. All right. Corinne Ewing said, being a lady in business is interesting because I feel like I have to be more aggressive with older men. Or they try to talk down to me because I'm a younger woman in management. I try to be respectful and well-spoken, but have learned how to tactfully shut that shit down thanks to the amazing and strong women that work in positions higher than me. Being a lady means being a boss. I love that. I mean, you do hear boss lady a lot, mostly related to MLMs, which I don't love it in, related, in relation to that. But I do like the term boss lady just for the fact that it takes back, like, act like a lady and it switches it kind of on its head to like you can be a boss you can be all those things that ladies aren't supposed to be it's nice that you've learned and been inspired by the women that have come before you I love when women pass down that strength instead of being competitive with each other I think there's a time and a place for competition but especially in a male dominated world I think it's so important for women to band together and support each other Oh, there's an an add-on. It says, also, I make quite a bit more than my husband, and he's never made me feel bad for being the breadwinner. I can act like a lady, but still be in charge of my own life. I love that. I was thinking about it, actually, when I was putting together the notes for this show, and I think I'm going to do a whole other podcast all about like traditional male versus female roles and like what that looked like in the past and kind of what that looks like now, because I think that's another really interesting topic. Dawn Fuller said, "'I've never minded being ladylike. "'I was never forced to do or wear anything "'except for white panties, nylons, "'and a slip under my white skirt.'" I was raised Baptist and went to Christian school, so I grew up wearing dresses and skirts, and I've always loved it. I never felt forced, even though it was our dress code, or like there was a patriarchy that demanded I act ladylike. I guess I watched so many old movies with all the glorious and ladylike ladies, and I wanted to be like them. So here's a point where it's self-expression and not repression. She has been told to do these things, but she actually likes doing these things, so it's not an issue. And that's the thing. I think that's where it's just different is when you're being told something you don't want to do you're being told to be someone that you aren't if you're naturally a person that loves your little white panties and nylons and your slips and you want to act ladylike that's cool you should be able to do that too and i agree some of these ladies in these old movies i'm like man they're so like eloquent and elegant and like put together i'm like why don't we wear gloves anymore and then i realize it's a million degrees outside And I can't imagine the women in the 50s that lived in like Phoenix. How did they wear hats and gloves and nylons? I don't know. I'll never know. Becca Hunderfund Levis said, I hope I pronounced that right. Also, being ladylike was never seriously addressed in my upbringing. I got traditional behave like a lady stuff from television and movies and books. In my family, there were manners and then there was life. We raised animals and my sister and I were kind of half ass latchkey children. So we wilded a lot. However, I loved fantasy stories and played pretend as a princess regularly. So she's making a differentiation between kind of the outside world and then real life. So maybe like, you know, shows and movies told you to behave like a lady in this certain way. But then you knew at home when it came to animals and, you know, being wild at home, it was a different thing. It didn't matter. But then you see the fantasy stories. And yeah, you see the princess. This is the funny thing. I think about this a lot. As little girls, there's probably not a single little girl. I mean, yeah, there's little girls that are more like what they used to call tomboy in my generation that wouldn't idealize this but most little girls want to be a princess that's like the goal i want to be a princess or like the queen the queen the queen in reality being a princess is like the worst thing anyone could ever be especially like medieval princesses which are the ones that we idealize those were the princesses that were like married away with no say in what happened to their life and they had to go live in foreign countries and learn their languages and customs and leave their family behind and they had to endure marital rape and they had to have 50 babies and like being a princess was like the worst thing ever but i think it it's just idealized because they were pretty (laughs) they like wore jewels and for some reason like that negates all of the bad things that were involved in being a princess i i don't know why Tiffany May said, My mom always said that when I was younger, if she put a dress on me and said, act like a lady, then I would behave so much better. She said I always acted how I was dressed. Then I grew up to be a performer and she is a costume seamstress. I thought that was an interesting comment. But then, like within the hour, there was another comment under it from Miss Jody Lee that said she was Tiffany's mom. And it said... But you also had other options like the cowgirl outfit or the striped train engineer overalls. All options were available for you to become whoever you wanted to be. So I love that her mom wanted to clarify that she didn't just like dress her up like a princess all the time. Like she dressed her in lots of different things. So I thought that was an interesting spin on it. I thought it was really cute that her mom replied. So that is all for the main topic this week. But I have a confessional. I'm so excited. If you have a confessional would like to submit. It can be anything. It can be dark. It can be funny. It can be something you've never told anyone. You just need to get it off your chest. You can either email it to me at theonlycherrydollface at gmail.com. You can send it to me in a message on any of my socials. Facebook is the slowest way to get a hold of me. Email and text is faster. If you want it to be anonymous, just let me know. If you want it to be anonymous from me, just text it because I don't know who you are. Also, be sure to follow me on my socials if you want to submit questions and stories in the future. I'm thinking about opening this up. Actually, I'm going to do this, let you guys know now, because I think this can be interesting in future podcasts. So if I ask for questions and stories in the future and you want your own voice to be heard on my podcast, record your question or your story in a voice memo and then email it to me. And then I can actually put, it directly on my podcast with your voice. I just listened to a podcast the other day that was doing this and I thought it was a really good idea. So I will definitely let you know when I'm asking for new submissions. I'll again post this information, but get it, keep it fresh in your head. Some people are shy and don't like to do that. That's fine. I will still take typed submissions, but I also think the idea of voice submissions is cool too. All right. So my confessional this week is this one was definitely requested to be anonymous. In my last relationship, there was some overlap between me, my ex, and my current partner. I cheated. Needless to say, the breakup ended badly. My ex cut contact with me, and I feel terrible for the additional pain I caused him. I don't regret getting in a relationship with my current partner, but I regret the way my last one ended as I should have been honest with him before anything happened, and I still think about it from time to time today. I've come to terms with the fact that this is something I have to live with and I have forgiven myself for it. It was five years ago. But I sometimes wish I could send my ex an apology. However, I don't want to open any healing wounds either and I respect my ex's wish to cut contact. I also don't want my partner to feel like I regret our relationship because I really don't. I just wish I had ended things in a better way so that I didn't cause even more pain to others. So this email or confession actually strikes a nerve with me and there is another podcast that's on my list that is all about cheating. And I have a pretty similar story to this, which I will share in that podcast. But thank you so much anonymous for sharing that story because I think a lot of people can relate to that. Unfortunately, cheating is something that happens. Sometimes it happens for nefarious reasons. Sometimes it happens because you're with the wrong person and you find the right person and you might not go about it the right way, but that's just life. So, I think it's important for people to hear those more human stories to know that you're not alone in your humanness, whether it's cheating or dumping a guy because he has a small wiener or is a bad kisser <laughs> or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, that's all I have for this week. So until next time, don't be an asshole. And also until next time, here's me waving like maniac. Bye guys.